0: Today we are talking about dreams and visions, which is a form of the prophetic. This is part of the reason in that book I wrote, which you can find on our Discord channel, part of the reason prophecy is so long is because so much of spiritual gifting fits into prophecy, which, you know, when we use the word prophecy, people kind of freak out, like what a bunch of crazy people but if we were to use like a word of knowledge, people feel a little more normal about that. It's technically the same thing. If we were to use uh, a uh, like, someone spoke a word over me. That's the same thing, you know. So that's that's what we're talking about when we're talking about prophecy. The simple definition again of prophecy is hearing from God, speaking it out over someone else. That's. That's it. And most of us would say that we hear from God, even if like, it doesn't seem extravagant, you know, like, even if it's just a simple thing. Most of us would say we've heard from God or God spoke to our hearts in a moment like that. That's prophecy. Uh, but even more what prophecy is, is like receiving that and speaking it out. So, dreams and visions is one of the ways in which we receive that and speak that out. So, you're saying that listening and hearing God is a form of prophecy? Listening and hearing God, yeah, that's, that's all prophecy is. You know, it's, it's not as, it comes in different forms for different people. And I'm expecting a bad joke to be prophesied from this corner.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So, if you're talking in your sleep, could at one point, no. if you... No,
0: okay. I know where this is going. So, <laughs> technically, actually... Whoa, no, what? give it no! <laughs> Don't give it! There... Are some stories within the signs and wonders side of things about some amish denomination known as the amish sleep preachers I don't know yes. much I don't know much about it there's not much documented it was in a book I read and I haven't found enough information for me to feel like I can validate it but the idea was they would there were some people in this denomination they'd fall asleep and then they'd just sit up and start preaching. <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't strike me as biblically coherent since the Holy Spirit doesn't usually possess us to do things. So anyways, playing off his joke, now we're in completely different territory. The Amish sleep preachers. Um so dreams dreams and visions right so think of some dreams in the bible where do they happen so let's let's pretend for a moment that dreams maybe could be more than subconscious and biblically they are can be obviously there's a whole science element to this right i've woken up from plenty of dreams where i do not even stop to say that was from god it's just like like i had a dream once that Alec Baldwin's pants were turning everyone in Walmart into zombies, right? I don't wake up from that and think to myself... Wait, whoa, whoa, what? I don't wake up from that and think to myself oh, there's meaning behind this. Absolutely not. It's just science. My brain is
1: processing Wait, things. Wait, how in the world did someone's pants turn people into
0: zombies? Not someone. There's Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. There's yes. no lore behind this. It's just what I dreamed that night, right? <laughs> Likewise, if we think about things before we go to bed or we have a lot on our mind, what comes out in our dreams, The same themes, right? There's been times where I've woken up and there's been symbolism, but it's not God symbolism. It's just, yeah, I can see how my brain would picture on a Sunday morning church service just collapsing in on itself. (laughs) Did you watch a disaster movie the night before? No, it's just my anxiety of trying to keep everything together. Or it could be maybe a spiritual attack so that I feel unrested and unready to go put church service together. But it's certainly not God. I, I can tell that much, right? So um, uh, dreams can come uh, from our minds, absolutely. But where are moments in the Bible where it's attributed to God? We already talked in our last episode about Daniel, right? Nebuchadnezzar got a dream and he knew it was divine. And then uh, Daniel comes along. He's like, yeah, this is from Yahweh. Let me explain the interpretation. Other ones? Famous dreamers in the Bible? Joseph. Thank you. It's the one we always go to, right? Yep. Yep. Joseph in his Technicolor dream coat. Uh, So Joseph has several dreams, which I don't know if you ever noticed, but they're all very interpretive. When I was a kid, I always thought like Joseph gives these dreams and it's like he's a computer interpreting binary code, like no one could understand it. No Joseph, no one would understand this, only you. But if you pay attention to symbolism, it all makes actually quite a bit of sense. Like. There's a certain number of stars in the sky, and then there's, like, the sun and the moon, I think. And sun and moon are representative of parents. It's the bigger celestial objects. And then the number of stars that are in the dream are his brothers. You know, they're of a similar size. And then they're all bowing down to him. Why is this happening? Well, as we see towards the end of his life, he becomes kind of like a a figure of importance in the area and they all kind of come serving him uh, and that becomes part of the, the dream. Uh. All the other dreams he tells too, like seven fat cows coming and eating seven ugly cows. It's like seven good years replacing seven bad, or the opposite, seven bad years replacing seven good years. The ugly stuff comes and eats up the bad the big ones, the big, the good stuff. Um, so it's, it's very, it can be complicated to translate some of these things, but if you're used to symbolism, or in the New Testament, if you're used to parables where Jesus speaks in images, images in dreams, Jesus gives symbolism and expects you to figure out. Jesus isn't doing anything new. God's always been speaking in symbolic dreams in the past, right? He wants us to pursue him. He doesn't just dump the answers right in front of us. He he gives us like interpretations, like if you want the answer, you're gonna have to follow me and chase me down for it. So he speaks in riddles often. Uh, Jesus did it. Dreams do it. God's always been in the case of speaking in riddles. Um, so, Joseph's dreams. Joseph in the New Testament's a dreamer, too. I was going to say that. must be
1: like, again, the others? I was going to be like, Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. You
0: stole my thunder. So, Jesus' dad, or. Well, God is Jesus' dad. <laughs> Mary's husband. (laughs) Jesus' stepdad? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, whatever Joseph is from a weird spiritual perspective, um, Joseph is uh, a dreamer. He's. He encounters angels in his dreams though. Like We always think like these angels show up to Joseph. If you pay attention, they always come in dreams. So, hey Joseph, you need to leave this land uh, and run away because you're about to be persecuted. Hey Joseph, Mary's child is a sign and a wonder from God. Hey Joseph, it's safe to go back home now. Herod's not gonna be a threat anymore. Like those are all dreams. And I think the fact that it's a Joseph in the New Testament dreaming I think that's playing off the Old Testament Joseph as well. I'm trying to think of some other dreams that would pop, but those are at least some samples. There's one, i forgetting the name, though, but it's the uh, Here, Lord, Here, Here, Am I. Yeah, so I think that's Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah 6. Um, that would be a vision... That one's one of the like super surreal visions in the Bible where, so there's different kinds of visions. There's dreams. That's, the Bible actually talks about how God speaks in uh, uh, dreams and visions as though they're the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So what's a, what's a dream when you're awake? A vision. A vision or like a daydream, we sometimes call it, right? So to some extent, we should be expecting that one of the ways the prophets connected with God was by daydreaming. In one sense, in dreams, you're kind of giving your subconscious over to God. In daydreaming, you're giving your consciousness over to God. Are you guys avid daydreamers? No. No. No? Okay. So if you're more like me, this might make more sense to you, but like I... When I was in elementary school, I couldn't hear a word teacher was saying. My mind was always looking outside of the trees, imagining I'm a squirrel climbing them, something like that. Like it's just constantly daydreaming. Wait, why'd you want to be a squirrel? I just i I'm just never present, okay? My mind is always somewhere else. This goes back to part of the ways we're programmed. One of the ways in which I find it easy to connect with God is by offering my daydreaming over to him which is kind of a visionary way of connecting with God. There's a great pastor and scholar, Greg Boyd, who has a book called Seeing is Believing, and it's all about this concept of this, the Bible prophets creating space for God to meet with them, in their mind, so um, you've got dreams where you could receive a symbolic interpretation from God. You've got visions where it might be open, like Isaiah, where you look around you and you're actually there, or it's an out-of-body experience, which could have been what Isaiah was doing, where he's, as Paul said, taken into the heavens to to view something uh, or an out-of-body experience, like you see with Ezekiel, I think, who just um, kind of caught up in the spirit and things like that. Um, there's, there's just all kinds of different visionary experiences, but most of them aren't crazy extravagant. That's part of the reason I think people don't know when they have visions, is because they think I'm just suddenly going to see an angel in the room. Like I think it was Elijah who who told it, uh, some other guy like not to worry about a fight coming up because he opened the eyes of his heart, Lord. <laughs> he opens his eyes and he sees like, an angel army that he couldn't see before. He sees that in the actual. He sees it right in front of him. That would be an open vision. You see it right in front of you. Um, but usually, I think visions are just the prophets have gotten used to practicing the space of daydreaming with God, of being quiet, resting, and allowing God's presence to come and craft something for them to, to watch. It's not always the case, but I think it would often be a case in the Bible. Have you guys ever tried that before? You could even call it just like a meditative experience. We did that at church recently on a Sunday where we just played music and read Isaiah 6 and allowed people to just kind of envision that and see what Jesus might want to speak to them in that moment. So that would be a visionary experience of trying to practice that.
1: I mean I remember doing it kind of like in high school with my youth group and stuff we did uh became real popular for a while these things called prayer walks Mm -hmm. where we'd go to like different stations that had different tactile experiences as a way to try to connect with god better on this prayer walk thing Mm -hmm. It would usually be like a maze, not a corn maze, but a maze. A labyrinth. Mm hmm. That you would go to the different stations. That way you could be separated and social distanced
0: before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, so there's those prayer labyrinths that were popular for a while where you're finding different ways to connect with God. Um, that would be. Similar to what dreams and visions is, is finding a different way to connect with God, which partially might be how you're programmed or gifted. So in our last episode, we talked about sometimes the prophetic is just hearing God's voice in your thoughts, right? Just like you hear your own thoughts from your own spirit inside of you, as Paul would say, so now you're hearing God's thoughts from his own spirit, which is also inside of you as a Christian. Some people process their thoughts more visually, like me. You may be more interested in just hearing your thoughts. Is that, is that typically how thoughts work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird.
1: Like, no, most of my thoughts are auditory and not okay, like... Casey doesn't think. <laughs> okay, fine.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. It was right uh, there.
1: No, like, I... So... Uh, There's visually where it's like the images, then there's like partially visually that's like the written word, Mm. and I'm more
0: of the listening spoken word is like how I interact. So that might be more of the way in which God would speak to you, because that's how your thoughts get processed. For me, like everything is visual. Like give me a letter. Just give me any letter. L. L? L is yellow. Give me another one. P. That is greenish almost teal V V is green R mm, black B R is not red really no not for me all right B I just said B so is, B v is brown both ways give me a word now bread bread would have kind of that palish bread looking Pletypus. that would be a greenish word <laughs> Because it matches the P within it. So, like, does this sound ridiculous to you? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, this is how visionary it my sounds, mind is, is. I mean, this. it sounds as weird as, like, the Enigma code. Enigma like, would be almost white, except now it's blue. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this This may be not the way that you think at all. And that's totally fine. It's not the way you're wired. But for someone who, whose mind it sees everything visual, like, it's part of the reason... Um, for me, statements are, can be like a lot more strong than other people. If someone's describing like their testimony or their story, like in my mind, it all plays out. For you, it might just be words, but for me, I'm getting images, and it's some of those things are so impossible to stomach because I have to actually see it when they talk it. Whereas others like can hear it, and be like, "Oh yeah, that's hard," <laughs> like, like, "No, I don't, don't, don't tell me that," you know. So like, so it's different for different people. Uh, But if I sound ridiculous in the way that I process things, now you can understand why trying to daydream with God might, for someone like me, be a lot more valuable (laughs) because my brain's already prone. Like, when you hear a sentence, do you hear, like, green, yellow, blue, red, red, blue, yellow, green, like... No, but I did once try to type, like, a paragraph and then assign (laughs) everything the way that it would look in color in my head. Right. So, it's just... These are... These are different ways in which we, we process things. Because um, that'd be a weird moment. I may not even be normal when it comes to this visionary front, but it's the way that, that I am. So um, if it's the way I am, if it's the way I hear my own thoughts, then I'd start to learn, okay, I need to learn how to hear God's thoughts in these ways too. So images are, are one for me. So when I'm I'm praying for someone, here's what I do to practice the prophetic or learn in it, is let's say I'm gonna pray for Olivia. She comes up to me. Um, On my off praying moments, I've created a space, a visionary space where I meet with Jesus. The playground. The playground, sure, but it's not a playground in my head. It's like a eh, hill and meadow of sorts. So Olivia comes and wants prayer. What I'm going to do for me personally is I'm going to go to that hill, bring Jesus into it, and then bring Olivia to Jesus and say, here in this visionary spot, Jesus, what would you like to say to her right now? And I'm not gonna say whatever I get is right or thus saith the Lord, but whatever might come out of that visionary moment is what I'm then going to pray with Olivia and say, okay, I don't know if this is right or not. I'm just, this is what's happening in my mind. So test it. If it, if you automatically know it's wrong, just ignore it. But if there's anything to it, take it, chew on it, and see what God does with it. And so then I basically am just speaking out to her, the image that I'm seeing, or the words that maybe I'm getting in that moment in the playground that I've created for uh to meet with God.
1: On a slight tangent for the for the idea of playground. Casey on a tangent. What? I know. Surprising, isn't it? Um, but I bring this up a lot, but it's because this is coming to my head now. So the funny thing for the show Supernatural is is that the actual. Do you
0: watch anything
1: else? <laughs> yes, I do, but most of it's not spiritual or still by spiritual focus. Anyway, but the actual gateway to heaven is actually in a sandbox in a playground.
0: Cool. So that really didn't help us at all with this conversation. No, it was a complete tangent, but I had to get it out because I couldn't keep ignoring it. All right. Well, good. Uh, Would you like the tangent anywhere? We could tell my saxophone story if you wanted. (laughs) Saxophone. Go back two episodes for that. Um, So, yeah, visions um, are different forms, sometimes right in front of you, sometimes right in front of you, out-of-body type experiences. Those are the extreme. Those rarely even happen in the Bible. So what we're trying to learn is... More what I'm talking about, like, how do we create a practice of daydreaming with God? Um, and then <laughs> dreams, like, we don't have control over that. It might be as simple as going to bed and just saying, God, if you'd like to give me a dream, I'm open to listen. That's I, as much control. I don't know if that's, that's true.
1: Go on. I once was able to, for like two years, I forced
0: myself to have the same dream for two years straight. So, yeah, I mean, you can take control over dream, And there actually are some times where I feel like God is maybe giving me a dream, but then I kind of, like, wake up halfway through it. And there are times where I derail the dream because I do that as I take too much control over it. And it goes from something meaningful to... uh, Alec Baldwin's pants turning people into zombies, right? (laughs) So I would say it's similar in ways to daydreaming. Like there are moments where you can become calm enough that you can hear that still soft voice of God uh, visionarily speaking to you. And then there's moments where I overtake the thing and it just turns away. One of the ways I can usually tell it's like when Jesus is actually more tangible is because he's always like got his arm around me hanging out with me and like first off i'm a guy and i'm thinking guys aren't like hey buddy how you you know like that that's weird in my mind for me so i wouldn't envision him that way and likewise he's also super loving and very kind to me which if i'm honest with myself i often can turn god into like a angry at me kind of person (laughs) and when he doesn't show up that way in the vision it's like okay so my brain is less creating this image because it would paint you in a different light sometimes. So, you know, those are just things to pay attention to. The biggest thing with dreams and visions and all prophecy, this is maybe one of the biggest points. If it doesn't match the Bible, it's not right. Okay. So like, There's, of course, many things that you're going to look through the Bible and see if it matches and you won't find it, but if it's like counter to it, you know, like if God isn't love in the vision or the dream, it's not him. It's things like that. You know, I I had one person who was stuck in a repetitive dream for a really long time and the dream just kept saying your aunt or cousin, they're never going to get saved. That was a the theme of the dream, and it was repetitive. It was every t- every time. They're never going to get saved. They're never going to get saved. They're never going to get saved. Do you think God would say that? No. No. I mean, God, the Bible literally says God wants all people to be saved. But this person experienced that narrative every night for so long that eventually they decided, God wants me to know that they're never going to get saved, and I can just... Rest in peace. <laughs> that that's the case. It's like, no, that's contrary to what the Bible says. Actually what I think this dream is is a message from the enemy, you know, like in the same way we talked in our last episode that you can open yourself up to spiritual through learning spiritual techniques, you can open yourself up to God and subject it to him like Daniel did, or you can allow something else to hijack it. And I, I was like, I think you're just letting someone else hijack it. This is this is, literally matches the definition of what Satan wants, you know? So you need to, like, rebuke that dream. Tell it, no, God wants him to be saved. And if anything, the enemy doesn't want her to be saved, so I need to try harder to get her saved because... The enemy is actually pushing back on this. Like what's the destiny behind this person? Why is it that important to talk me out of it? Right. So now I'm learning what the enemy wants because I've just realized it's the enemy. And now I'm saying this, I need to do the opposite. <laughs> so that's one of the things. If you ever learn what Satan wants you to do, do the, do the other thing. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm going all different directions. Uh, questions, thoughts, stories. I mean, it's
1: good strategy from The Art of War. If you know your enemy wants, do the opposite.
0: Yeah. It's pretty basic spiritual warfare truth, so. Okay, well, maybe you have questions and comments, so... Leave them down below. No, you put them in the Discord. And And also down below. And now we're going to say that again, right now. (laughs) Dreams and visions can be a little weird, but very powerful when they happen. Have they happened to you? If so, join us on the Discord and tell us those stories. We'd love to hear them.
1: And I have a vision you're going to like, comment, and subscribe down below.
0: <laughs> no, he doesn't. And people don't do this when they have visions.
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to do Gene Grey mind powers, okay? No, That's sight Not what we're
0: talking. Oh, is that what it is? I'm with her on this one.